All right, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for being here on another week of Salt of the Earth, Virtuous Women. Hallelujah. And it is my honor and my pleasure to have these wonderful, beautiful, amazing, virtuous women. Um, we do have some new faces today, and so I want to take some time out. I'm sorry, y'all, I didn't tell you this part to um, introduce themselves, <laughs> just a short, cute introduction, you know what I'm saying? And um, just so the people would know, um, I know that, um, Benisha, you do quite a few um, podcasts and stuff, so feel free to share that. Um, Jamira, I know you do coaching and so forth, so please talk about that and share that with everyone. But um, on my screen, it's Benisha, myself, Leoline, then Jamira and Mia. Leoline and Mia, please say hi to everyone as well and share what you feel like on your heart. But Benisha, we'll start with you. Okay, well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here on tonight. My name is Benisha Wyatt, and um, I am the co-host of a podcast called Arise and Shine Stories of Triumph. We are on Facebook Live every Saturday at 12 o'clock. I'm also the co-host of another podcast with my beautiful other co-host here, Leah Lean, on Monday nights um, at 8 o'clock, and that is called Hidden Treasures. Um, and I just have such a strong desire and love to see people win. So the fact that we're talking about Esther tonight, it just warms my heart because she's a she was an underdog. And so I'm all about the underdog. Um, and God just um, putting their hands on individuals that may feel like um, that they're not worthy or that they they can't see themselves being better or bigger than where they are. So um, I do a lot of coaching. Um, I, I coach men. I coach women. I'm all about knowing who they are and building healthy relationships. So I'm excited to be here. Please feel free to check out our podcast. And um, I think we're going to have an amazing time. Thank you. So my name is Jomira Ortiz, and I am a daughter of the Lord, wife, new mother to a four-month-old baby boy, and uh, you may hear him crying in the background, but that's okay because he is just reaching and saying, yes, mom, go ahead. And um, I have um, recently started, so this is actually the first time that I will be sharing it publicly, publicly but hey, here we go, um, of a healing ministry school called Rooted Hearts Academy, mm. and it's really about um, just how to heal holistically using everything that God has given us, um, mm -hmm. from, uh, you know, therapy to scripture to um, science, I mean, everything in between. Um, I'm a social worker by training. And um, I've been a nonprofit for over 10 years. And um, I am a native New York girl. So I bring some of that flavor too. <laughs> so you, you get a little bit of everything. Um, but, but in my heart of hearts, I am dedicated and devoted to the healing and the freedom of women mm -hmm. um, and, and for them to really find their truth. And so the, the story of Esther just resonated so much. Um, and, and just when you look at a virtuous woman, if you don't know that you are free and if you don't know that you have the ability to heal from whatever it is, then there is, it's a very hard for you to even be able to progress the way that you're meant to. So I'm here for it and I'm super excited. Thank you, Leo, for inviting me. 
Thank you. And Lee, please feel free to say hey and Mia. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. So honored to be here again tonight. Again, I'm so excited about this particular young lady we're going to talk about. I don't want to take time to talk about myself, just to say that I'm a, I'm a daughter of the Most High God. I'm a wife, I'm a mom. But more importantly, you know, I'm a person that, that loves the Lord and recognize the benefit of loving and serving God and want to be able to pass that on to you tonight. So again, I don't want to take a lot of time because the word I know is bubbling up in each of our spirits. We can't wait to get it out to the people, you know, so we pull ourselves back, we humble ourselves and allow God to use us tonight. So guys, you know, let's, let's, let's rip, let's rip. Mia? Hi guys, my name is Mia. I'm Queen Zamunda. I'm just kidding. But I'm a <laughs> servant of the Most High God. Um, That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, I know they like, what? Yeah, I'm serving of the Most High God. I really um, just enjoy this platform. And just like Apostle Lily said, not, you know, I've been here two or three times before. So you guys know my ministry and my platform of being abstinence. So I got to make sure make sure because my sister just hooked me up on that, you know. <laughs> And just, um, I'm an entrepreneur, um, and so just really want to do what it is that God called me to do to advance the kingdom of God, to be honest with you. And I'm just grateful to be here. Amen. 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 Thank you, ladies, again, for being here. Um, before we even start, I want to give honor where honor is due. So first, I want to say thank you, Father, for um, just the platform, the ministry, um, the 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 family that we have in this all um i want to thank kj who is the spearhead the visionary of god's anchor leg and i just honor him the for honor. tirelessly laboring tirelessly pouring out covering us um and just yeah. always sharing wisdom and knowledge and revelation to us so thank you kj i want to yeah. honor my leaders apostle g marie carroll apostle maureen manoli I mean, those words are not enough. You know, they cover us, they push us, they love us, they teach us, they preach to us, they mm -hmm. listen to us, everything, and train us up mm -hmm. in the way that we should go. Um, and Apostle Lillian, I want to say I'm honored to you too, because I'm, you know, part of wife school, and she's training me up in the wife yeah. So I just thank God for everyone he's placed in my life to help Absolutely. raise me up and build me into the woman that God created me to be. And then... We're going to move on. Hallelujah. Esther. Hallelujah. Queen Esther. <laughs> Queen <laughs> Esther. Listen. Listen, listen, listen. I, I was reading, and I've read her before, and I've studied, but I got so, just so much revelation about who she is or was mm -hmm. and how she carried herself and the strategic woman that mm -hmm. she was. That's the word I have for her. I think through the entire is strategy and intention and mm -hmm. it taught me a lot. So um, first I just want to say this so I can get this out of the way. The story really is more about Mordecai than it was about Esther. But anyway, we'll just keep that going in the end. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, this is awesome. But I wrote some notes and I'm going to be that one today because I really actually enjoy the notes I wrote this time. And, um, <laughs> and let's start off. I like to start like almost like telling the story from the beginning to the end and it will flow. Um, Esther was an orphan. Mm -hmm. I mean, her parents died and her cousin was raising her, mm -hmm. you know, um, and she had a name change. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I want to start there. I think we all have a story of being, 
an orphan, being the outcast or the black mm. sheep or the one that did not quite fit in. Mm. Um, and I'm going to pass it to Benicia because Benicia got this. Um, this I know she got all of this, but I want you to start off, Benicia, where let's talk about that, being an orphan, um, not mm. having your own parents and you know yeah. just just the way she had to like live and all that stuff like what would it could have been like etc go on yeah um so it, it's so funny because in the natural i am an orphan myself so i've lost both of my parents and so i began just to think of the things that i've experienced um you know you you can really begin to feel like you don't really fit you know, um, you can have bouts of abandonment. Um, and the one thing that I love about her is in the midst of what we can say like an underdog, you're an orphan, you're being raised by your cousin, um, you know, and you are struggling, I'm sure, at some point with like who you are, like your identity. But the one thing that I love throughout this whole story that I see is that she was obedient. So she was humble um, to her cousin. She was submissive to him. So what it showed me is that you could if somebody like myself may not have a parent or you know, may not have been raised under the circumstances that you would have liked. However, God always has a ram in the bush. So we have to learn not to cry over, not that it doesn't bother us, not that we can't get wounded, but instead of focusing on what we don't have, God wants us to cling to what he has provided. And so, um, you know, she could have had no one. And not only did she have a cousin, but she had a cousin, one who knew God, Two, who was raising her up to be this woman that she didn't even have any clue. Um, so, so what I love is that in the midst of everything that, that went on that was tragic, she still had a heart posture to be respectful, to be obedient. And those characteristics are the same characteristics she would need when she was heading to the palace with the king. And so it just showed me don't despise whatever season you're in. Learn the lesson. Be obedient. And then God promotes as we see throughout the story. That's that's really good, Benisha. Really, that's that's really amazing that point you brought up. But I thought it also interesting that when she got to the palace, she wasn't allowed to point at her pain. Mm -hmm. So she was an orphan, she couldn't tell her name. She couldn't give her background. That wasn't yeah. permitted. Her uncle said, don't let them know who you are. So basically, she was brought to that point, not because of her background or what she experienced, but because of her character. Mm -hmm. you know, the scripture said, I think it was in um, Esther 2.15, you know, she listened to the advice of the eunuchs. She did whatever they said. And to your point, Benicia, she was obedient. Again, she wasn't allowed to reveal who she was in the natural because they said, don't tell them you're a Jew. Don't she couldn't share her story like the others were doing. Mm -hmm. She wasn't allowed to do that. And mm -hmm. so God sometimes uh, allows us to, to keep what we experience for a season so that he can use it when it becomes mm -hmm. ministry. Because mm -hmm. quite often we want to birth ministry out of our pain, 
verses out of the healing that God has brought to us. Wow. So for her, she went through the process of being pruned and all that good stuff. And mm -hmm. at the appointed time, she was able to share to them that I came from this background. But prior to that, she had mm -hmm. to go through the process of being groomed and, and being trained and pruned and all that stuff. When a mm -hmm. eunuch are taking care of you, you have to listen to them. You have to come to them naked. They, they examine your body, your skin, all of that stuff. And she had to submit to all of that without being, you know, you know, defensive or being upset and that kind of stuff, which brings you to the point of mentoring, why it's so important that we have mentors that would, and we will listen to them because they have the counsel of God for us and they want the best for us. And that's what mm -hmm. she did. She listened, whatever they said, she did. The uncle said, go to the palace, don't tell them who you are, she did. And because mm -hmm. she, the Bible says she was obedient at home when she came to the palace, it was easy for her to obey. Sometimes mm -hmm. we say, I'll obey when I get to that point. I'll obey when this happens. But she didn't do that. The same obedience that she had at home, she brought that to the palace because obedience is key. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So I thought that was so interesting that God, she didn't allow her to use her pain, but her characters were brought her to the kingdom. And then afterwards, she was able to talk about her story. After, not before, after. That's amazing, Apostle. Thank you. Sorry, Jamara, you had something to say. Go ahead. I, what, what stuck out to me, um, was the process that he mm -hmm. went through, right? Yeah. So it was a it was really a regularly a twelve month process for them to be groomed up to mm -hmm. the point to meet the king, right? But right. In, in in the story it talks about the fact that she only went ten months. And to me mm -hmm. what that what that stuck out to me was there was something in her, um, to your point, Apostle Lee, that mm -hmm. she was obedient. She listened. Mm -hmm. She didn't think that she was better than anyone else. She submitted and yeah. said, I, I'm yours. I'm a sponge. Let me know what I need to know so that I can be favored. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think many times we allow our own intelligence, our own intellect, our own smarts to think that right. we can figure our way out of certain things. Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. we're really doing is we're delaying ourselves. We're delaying mm -hmm. ourselves from what really God wants to, wants to do for us. So for her, she didn't know any better or she, you know, or rather not that she didn't know any better, but she followed suit. She followed what Mordecai told her. She followed what the eunuchs told her. And because of that, not only was she able to um, uh, eliminate some of the time on that process, right? She was able to also have the favor of, of the king. And I mean, you know, we know, we know the rest of the story, but I, I thought it was so interesting. I said, because think about it she's by herself she's no longer not only is she an orphan but the one person that she really trusts which is her cousin in this life mm -hmm. is now on the other side of the gates right so that is a separation mm. and so all she literally has is the trust in what he has poured into her mm -hmm. and, and now is going through the process and just trust and trust and trust and trust um, and, you know, it doesn't necessarily talk about what that process was like for her day by day. But yeah. we can only imagine that there might have been lonely days. There yeah. might have been days where she doubted herself. Like, mm -hmm. she might have dealt with imposter syndrome. That is so big when it comes to people who are going through a process, right? Who are going through when God is elevating you. Oh, my gosh. I Who am I to be preaching the word? I'm not a pastor. I'm not a minister. I'm just the girl from whatever, you know? Right. Um, but she still stood the course. She still went to go visit Mordecai. Um, right. And then the other, the other piece that came to my heart was that she never forgot where she came from. 
So she mm. came from, you know, rags to riches. Yeah. Let's say she never forgot where she came from. She remembered her people. She rem And when the time was right, she shared with the king, these are my people. These are, you know, please, you know. So she, I, I think that was just so telling about her character and, and the way that she moved and, and, and what she did. Hey, Amen. Okay, so... Yeah, this is good. I mean, really and truly, Dio, you probably like in five minutes can tell the people bye because I think they like done summed it up. But you know, let me just get in get on in. You know, in the tail end. Let me come on with the tail end. So one you know, a few things stuck out. Um to me is that wherever she went when she got to the palace, she found favor. That yeah. was one of the things that stuck out. It doesn't matter who she was with. She found favor. Even with the group of virgins that she was with, the mates and everything, they said they were the ones, the group that found favor. So we knew that the hand of God was on her because she found favor with the people she was with. And yeah. then when it came time for him, when he laid eyes on her, the Bible said he, um, she found grace and favor in its sight you know yeah. and so those were the things that stuck out and what what when i read that what it was showing me is that she was meant to be there regardless right. of her creed regardless right. of her color she yes. was meant to be there you know and mm -hmm. like in the in the beginning um like apostle lily said mm -hmm. um mordecai did tell her don't disclose that mm -hmm. you know and mm -hmm. we later on see why he told her not to disclose yeah. that that she was a Jew and you know sometimes in life even when we're the person that's going through something God mm -hmm. has sent out someone to you know an advocate on our behalf he'll that's send right. an advocate and that's exactly mm -hmm. who he was you know to her he was the person even when he sent word to say okay Haman said that you know when he was trying to um paint the picture of the, the Jews to be bad people or they do this and they suffer not for the king and all that other kind of stuff. Even when he tried to put a bad taste in the king's mouth concerning him, what he mm -hmm. said was, go tell her. And when the word got back to her, what it is, because you know the Bible say he ran his clothes and stuff and he was at the gate, no one could come in and out. So when he when he got the word to her instead of her saying, I mean I'm up here in the palace, you know, y'all on your own, you know, I'm up here. She didn't, yeah. she didn't say that she was about her people. She reminds me her commission and her sacrifice, even though I know it's far from it, but it reminds me of Jesus. It reminds me how he went and he suffered for his people. You know, he counted not robbery and she mm -hmm. didn't. She said, mm -hmm. go gather the, go gather him. And she came to him and she, she, they began to have dialogue. And she said, I know what I'll do because she understood what needed to be done. Couldn't be done in her own strength. Right. She said, let's call it three day fast. You fast on your end. I'll have me and my mates and we'll fast on our end. And so mm -hmm. that's what they did. They went and they called the fast because she knew that she was commissioned to do something, but she also knew that she needed the Lord's help to do it. And because of that, the Lord began to download. And as the Lord began to download, she knew how she had to go and present herself to the king. Even though she knew that going before the king without being summons could be death. She said, Lord, if I find favor in your sight. Mm -hmm. She said, she said, and if I perish, she said, I perish. She was willing to go to that extent. And one of the key things that stuck out 
I forgot what chapter verse it is that Mordecai said to her, how do you know God didn't put you here for this? For this time? How do you know that all of this isn't for this time? That God didn't put you here for such a time as this? Because we knew that we needed someone to fight on our behalf. What more? You are, I mean, look, you're in the palace. You know, you're, uh, you are the queen now. Who more fit to fight on the people's behalf than you? How do you know the Lord didn't put you here for such a time as this? That's what he told her. How do you know this was not a part of the plan? And we see that it was a part of the plan. And because of Paul's obedience, you know, going before the king, didn't know if he was going to have, you know, stick his scepter out. That, you know, so we have this thing where we say, you know, we suffer for righteous sake, but we also said we do it, do it scared, not knowing mm. what he was going to do. She yeah. risked it because she understood that this had to be done. He was like, I mean, they're going to kill us off. Do you see, you know, do you see what's going on? And that's why I say the same way, the same way the enemy can have people around trying to, you know, stop what it is that you're doing. You know, she's she's proof when we read this chapter in the Bible that what God has for you is clearly for you. Mm-hmm. That when God is with you, there can be nothing that can come in and stop, block, frustrate, destroy, you know, circumvent anything that God has. She's proof of that. The favor mm-hmm. of God that rested on her superseded the quote unquote vice president in the in the um king's ear it superseded any of that and God began to turn it around for his favor so you know when I read it I'm like she was a brave little you know she was a brave girl you know I'm just telling you that if you and Benicia and 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 Jamara and Leoline came to me and told me that I need to go and tell the king something and I might die Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you really quick I don't know about that <laughs> you you know you would obey God. You know I want to pick up. I want to pick up. You would obey God, but I want to pick up on the favor because you know what gave her favor was honor. Mm. Honor equals favor. Honor your leaders. Honor your pastors. Honor your parents. Honor your husband. Honor your, honor equals favor. And because she honored everyone that God put on her path, she honored. Mordecai. She honored the eunuchs. She honored the, she, because she had honor, she was able to get up to half of his kingdom without a divorce. Most times we get half after divorce. She got half without a divorce. Does that make sense? Because she honored him so much, you know? And so we, we don't want to discount how important it is to honor the people that God put in our lives. Because if we do that, then we'll miss out on what God has for us. We have to honor. Honor is so important reverence the gift that god allow us to be in the, in the presence of so that god can move us to that place of favor because again honor equals favor and she was favored by god in every space that she went like you mentioned a prophet mia she was favored she was favored he said you can have up to half of my kingdom yeah half of my kingdom because yeah, of, his favor of god in her life that's mm-hmm. amazing um so what I love about this is I, I really pointed out the favor and I wanted to talk about that. I'm going to wrap that part up. Um, I, I said she had favor in the process. And that's the thing about when God has chosen you, mm-hmm. when he has decided that you're the one. I mean, the process wasn't easy. And, and when I think about the beautifying process, that was like 
our process of anointing, being anointed. You know, she was being anointed. They talk about the oils and the, the, the beauty transformation. She completely was transformed. And that's what a lot of our process is like. Um, and you mentioned it already, you know, where you're hidden and you're transformed and then you're brought out. And she had favor through the entire process. And that was because God chose her for such a time as this. Um, and it, it, it didn't really even talk about her character too much. It just said she had favor. It was something about her that mm. that drew the attention to the um, the the eunuchs, right? Mm-hmm. And then what I wrote down, what I thought was amazing was the fact that at the point of transformation, the women did not go back to where they came from. They actually went mm-hmm. to a new harem, a new home. They didn't go mm-hmm. back. They didn't, they didn't go back to where they used to live. They didn't. It, it was that transformation process completely changed them. Um, I enjoyed the fact that when it was time for her to go visit the king, she decided, I'm going to just go like me. I'm not taking yeah. nothing extra. I'm not trying to spruce myself up. Yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, make it. I'm going to just come as I am. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that had to take the level of boldness and of confidence to know that I can just take myself and I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. Um one thing I also, another thing I also enjoy, because I mean, we told the whole story already, but um, <laughs> what I said is that God is, was in it all, right? So he's strategic. And I was saying that God has already has your salvation in place in every season right. of your life, right? So yeah. he already knew the end from the beginning and knew that he put her in that place for the salvation of her people. So God is in control of everything. He's in mm-hmm. control of everything. There's nothing that happens that he had not already ordained. Um, and I said she was just wise and she followed protocol, right? Yes. Um, she was yes. discerning yes. and a good listener. Mordecai told mm-hmm. her, don't think that because you're, you're, don't think you're the only Jew that's not going to get killed. They're going to get you. So you better figure this something out here, you know? And, and it was strategic. Again, God knows all things. She wasn't supposed to say nothing. She had to wait till mm-hmm. she got to the top to right. then be the one to deliver her people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I said she was brave. She was courageous. She was intentional. She used her authority. And um, I want to talk about that time when he told her, yo, you're not going to be the only Jew living. He killing everybody. So mm-hmm. you're going to ride with us or not. And yeah. um, I said, you know, this reminded me of the scripture, James 5, 16, the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous avail yeah. much. She said, y'all fast. Oh, snap. I'm about to die too. Hold on. Y'all fast and pray. I'm about to, I'm about to enter. And, you know, if I die, I die. But, I, you know, at least I die trying to save my people and not let nobody else in control. And then the strategy, the intention, the order, the protocol that she followed really mm. blew my mind. Mm. She dressed herself. She postured herself, and then she um, went to the king. You know, I said, so she dressed in her royal robe, and she came before him, and she, mm-hmm. and then he extended his scepter. So there was, there's a process, there's a protocol when coming into the presence of the king. However, mm-hmm. you want to come presentable. You want to dress in your right, you want to dress as who you are, not how you feel. And then you want to, um, that you want to take your rightful place and posture. And so I said, what if she came dressed in pajamas? You think he would have looked at her? And <laughs> like, I was like, you know, because it specified how she dressed herself. It specified the posture of her heart, her humility, her neediness of, of what, you know, of, of coming to him like, I know I'm not supposed to come here, but here I am. Mm-hmm. And, he, and mm-hmm. then the favor, he's sick. He's like, what you want, boo? 
Tell me what you want. Right. Whatever you want. I'll give and you multiple you, times. He said that. Both times. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is this t- makes me think of the Lord when we're praying and when we're coming to him. Come with what you know, know what you want, and know that he's willing, he has something to give you. So not only did he ask her what he wants, but he tells her what he's willing to give her. Just ask. Mm. Just ask. So mm-hmm. I want to talk about that level of humility, even entering into the presence of our Most High King, when yeah. we're coming to make our requests known to him. And we need to come with strategic prayers. We don't want to pray amiss, right? right. And that we want to know that he's willing to give us, but he wants us to be in that humble place of asking for what he already has for us. Mm-hmm. And he tells us how to enter, right? He said, enter my gates with thanksgiving mm-hmm. and enter my courts with praise and be thankful unto me. And sometimes I think to your point, Dio, we want to enter with our feelings versus who we are. And who we are is a daughter of the most high God. We are ones who are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all principalities and power. We are eagles. We are ambassadors for Lord. And sometimes we enter as though we don't have those positions. And God is saying, enter me, enter like you're a daughter. You're my daughter. Enter with that posture. Don't enter like you're like you don't have an owner. I am your father. I'm here for you. Come boldly, he said, into the throne of grace. And sometimes we don't do that. We come, you know, like 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 we're beggars. And, and he's you're not, I didn't die to make you a beggar. You are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to enter with that with that posture. I'm a joint heir with all the rights and privileges, and I'm coming to my father who promised to take care of me. So I can enter with that with that mindset. I can enter with that behavior. It doesn't matter what I'm feeling, what I'm doing. I can come and say, Father, here I am, and he's there to hear me. Before I even open my mouth, he says, he hears and responds. So I think to your point and what the ladies have been saying, it's important that we know who we are, who we are in God. I am not an outsider. You know, I have been adopted as a child of God into his fold. I'm adopted with special rights. I'm adopted. You know, when, when if you were born natural, then your parents had no choice. But when you adopted, you were chosen to come into the family. And God said, we are adopted. So we got to enter God's presence with that mindset that I'm adopted. God, I'm here because you call me here. You die so I can get here. And so again, that confidence in God is so important. Come as you are. And who I am is a child of the most high God. Jesus is his name. Um, I, I love the fact that when she came before the king, um, when we're talking about, if I could just go back a little bit to the favor a little bit, is because there was a lot of concubines and there was a lot of individuals who came before him and they said generally it was a long length of time between the visits. So the fact that she came and he would offer her half of the kingdom meant that the last time she seen him or the time before that, she had to leave some type of impression on the king. And so what I love about Esther is that although she came from that type of background, to me, she had to exude some type of confidence that she didn't allow the other women to cause her to um, to, to diminish or, or dim down. And so as a woman, it made me think, what, what, what did Esther do? that the king would offer her before she e- before she even got the request out he said you can have up 
half half of the kingdom. And so to me, it made me really begin to think that whenever I'm in someone's presence, I want them to be able to remember me. Like I want to be able to make that impression, that God impression, not just an impression of how you look or what you say, mm -hmm. but really to leave something with that individual because obviously out of all the concubines, out of everybody that <laughs> came, it was her that had the favor on her life. And so as women, I think that's something that we, we should take and we should be confident about that no matter who we are around. And we, we know that a lot of times that mm -hmm. women struggle with that, with that comparison. But when you do know who you are, um, and, and, the, and the thing that I love also, and I think Leoline mentioned this earlier, is that um, the Lord gave her mentors all along the way. And mm -hmm. so she started out with the cousin. And then when she got to, to, you know, the palace. And so he was prepping her and preparing her. And yet and still, she had to be humble and she had to be submissive. But she definitely had to leave some type of impression on him to, for her to offer half of the kingdom. I want us to be that type of woman. Mm -hmm. okay. Leave those impressions. <laughs> yeah, I agree. One of the things that stuck out was that is that feedback? Okay, one of the things that stuck out to me was in order like one of this Benicia, you you hit on it a little you hit on it a little bit. I'm gonna expound on it. Yeah. Is that when he came before her and it was like a, a gap between, you know, the last people that came before that he said, What is it that you want? I give you half the kingdom. He did. Because what 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 the the revelation that the Lord gave me was that He knew who she was as far mm -hmm. as her character. Yeah, um, this man yeah. had gotten to know this woman mm. for her character. He mm. knew her character, so yeah. therefore he knew. You know, he knew what she stood for, and mm. he knew her character. And when he came, when she came to him, he said, "What is it? What is it that you want? I'll yeah. give you half." you know, of the kingdom. And just like um, Dio said not too long ago, when we when we think of that and think of how we go before God, mm. there's a certain way that you go before the king. Yes. The, our, our king, it is. Yes, yes, and yes. when we go before him, we go before him and we give reverence to him, not because mm. of what he can do, but because mm -hmm. of who he is. That's right. And when you have that kind of reverence, you go before him, you go before him mm -hmm. humbly, and you're honored to be in yes. his presence. You know yes. what I'm saying? You're in the presence of king, of the mm -hmm. king of kings. You're in the presence of royalty. Mm -hmm. And that's how you be like, Father, I thank you. You know, yeah. I, I worship you. I adore you. You know, you mm -hmm. thank him for, for who he is and not what he can do, you know, mm -hmm. because it, it like um, Apostle Leoline was saying, Mm -hmm. There's a certain way you go, but you don't go before the king any kind of way. I mean, who, right. you know, who does that? Who goes before the king talking any kind of way? We don't, we, we, you have to have your, um, you, you have to present yourself in a way that you're, um, what, what, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, you have to, you, basically, when you go before the king, you need to present yourself that you're worthy of coming before him mm. and not only that she reverenced him so much but she knew she was gonna ask of something so which yeah. made her to which made her come even more lowly and so mm. i you know those are the things that stuck out and he mm. didn't turn his back on her he didn't mm -mm. forsake her he extended it because he knew who she was yeah yeah she was very wise too right mm -hmm. she, she didn't ask him right away what she wanted 
She went back and prepared even the more. Yeah. She's got a piece up for him. So oh, timing mm-hmm. is everything. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes the timing when you ask of something is just as important as what you're asking for. So again, mm-hmm. she presented herself, got the request from him of the half of the kingdom. And his kingdom was usual. It's from India to Ethiopia, over 120 provinces. It mm-hmm. was a huge kingdom. But again, timing is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, not because you know doesn't mean you have to speak there and then. I know what I need to ask him, but this is not the time. So it's important that we recognize that as well. Hear from God. When do you want me to take this step, God? Is it now? Is it tomorrow? Because sometimes the instructions is not right there and then. And she mm-hmm. honored that and had him come to her house, his house, her, her palace, you know, to come and talk. And then she presented to him what she needed. Here, mm-hmm. Here's what's happening. So I think that's mm-hmm. also important timing. And Dio, if I can say one more thing, you mentioned the word protocol, and I don't think we touched on this, but um, it was so powerful that Vashti, who was the queen prior. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, let's touch her in a second. I'm sorry. But let Jamara finish this. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And that is what I want to get to next. I'm, yeah. (laughs) So I think that one of the things that stuck out to me, when we think about the virtuous woman just uh, as a whole, part of being a virtuous woman is a woman that sets, that creates a legacy. Mm. The way that Esther was going, Hadassah, mm-hmm. let's go to that, right? Because that was, that was actually her original name. Right. The way Hadassah was going, she didn't necessarily have a legacy, but because of the process that she went to, through, because mm-hmm. of her willingness to sow a seed, okay, which is really her life, mm. she literally changed the trajectory of her mm-hmm. legacy, of her line. She created a different legacy yeah. for everyone that was to come after her. And so sometimes that's hard to do. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, I struggled a little bit reading this because mm-hmm. I, was th- I was reading it through the lens of the year 2020. So I'm reading it and I'm like, all right, hold up. So I'm going to go through 12 months worth of prim and propering and all these things, right, to have one night with the king and we are all grown adults we know what that one night consisted of mm-hmm. and then now they're gonna put me and toss me to the side mm-hmm. to to be amongst the many concubines that he has what's in it for me i'll be mm-hmm. honest i was just kind of i was like wait this doesn't make sense like what's going on here and then i had to stop and think that at the end of the day when god sends you there's no shame attached okay mm-hmm. there is no no condemnation attached that is an assignment for a reason he already knows the the end from the beginning and so understanding when there is a legacy it Mm. can be hard you Mm. are allowing and you are literally unchanging or you're you're undoing years Mm. and generations and generations many times of things that have happened before you Mm. so while for her, there was sacrifice there. She had to, to again, trust and trust and go. Mm-hmm. But it, it was all worth it because she was able to really change the trajectory of those that were to come after her. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when we, um, whether it's reading a, a scripture or we're going through something, we tend to judge based on our own experience. We tend to mm-hmm. judge. And that's the perfect opportunity for us mm-hmm. to say, wait a minute. why is this impacting me in this way and Mm -hmm. how can I go deeper and that's Mm -hmm. for me I think that's the way that we learn the best right that's when the Lord is like I got her now let now I have her attention let's go um and so that that's 
to me, you know, understanding because everything we know is attached to a name, right? So there's a reason why Hadassah was just as worthy as Esther, mm -hmm. right? That's so right. a lot of times we think, well, really it was when she became Esther that she, that she became worthy. But Hadassah was the same person. And so I think sometimes when we, when, when God is calling us to submit, God is calling us to, to, to greater, we, we pause because we're like, God, I'm not there yet. I'm still, mm -hmm. I still got all this other baggage. Mm -hmm. I'm still Hadassah. I, I can't. I'm the orphan. I can't go there. But he's like, I don't care about that. I called you. I, you are my daughter. At the end of the day, I don't care what you put. You're, I'm, you're my daughter. Yes. And there is so much more to it. So I'm going in circles. Let's go to Bashti. <laughs> I could go on this all day. But that to me names, you know, there's so much attached to that, you know? So. Mm -hmm. That was amazing, Jamira. I want to say, say this. And, and I think what you said was a great um, break down to what Apostle Leoline said earlier mm -hmm. about not letting our story or our background mm -hmm. be the highlight of mm -hmm. who we are, but let our characters speak. And I think that's yeah. what happened when she went from Hadassah to Esther, because Esther means star. And at that mm -hmm. point, I feel like that's when the spotlight hit her. You know, that's when the spotlight came onto her. And like God said, we are the light of the world. That's, mm -hmm. I think that's when she came into being, when that transformation happened, she was Esther. And um, that's what it made me think of. And so before we go to Vashti, because, oh, <laughs> I, um, I want to just um, wrap up these few notes. So what I thought was amazing was when the king was offering her up to half of his kingdom, which like Apostle Leolene said, it was not, a, that wasn't a little bit, that didn't matter to her if it didn't include her people. Mm -hmm. So it was that, that, that mm -hmm. material things, she was a woman of substance. I mean, she mm -hmm. cared, you know? Um, and I thought it was amazing because I said, this is how smooth Esther was with her strategy, right? She was patient. So she said, mm -hmm. all y'all, let's fast and pray. So imagine like, you know, praying, fasting doesn't, it's not like a, a spell or magic where it makes God move. Fasting is for us. Fasting is so we empty ourselves out so that we can hear God who has already been speaking the entire time, but we were too full of stuff to, to you know, um, hear him, right? So they fasted, they prayed. And then Esther did this thing where she didn't just full blown out said it all at one time. She wasn't like, this is what I want, but she prayed, mm -hmm. she watched. She she was smooth, she was she was uh strategic mm -hmm. and she waited to see God go before her to then go, right? Mm -hmm. She knew God went before her when Haman, I mean um Mordecai got noticed by the king and was and was brought in with this lavish like ride around town then mm -hmm. she knew she had to go because not but she was strategic she took her time she paid attention she listened she watched what god was doing she didn't just she wasn't greedy she wasn't she wasn't um she didn't want a quick fix she wanted something permanent and so with that she she waited on god and i thought that was amazing she she saw God move, and then she had her go ahead to speak, to say, that's when she confessed, I'm a Jew. That's when, she, that's when everything came out. Mm -hmm. And then her husband was like, hold up. Oh, no. Look, and he went off because they, he was, they, he, they were playing him, too, you know? So 
Right. I thought that was amazing. Um, I said she made her request known little by little and by watching things unfold. I said when she saw God move and ha- and had and saw his favor upon Mordecai, then she went in for the juggler. Like she was like, mm-hmm. boom, that's it, you out. Um, and I thought that was amazing. Um, so I, I wanted, does anybody have anything to say about that part? Because we about to go in on Vashti. <laughs> Why, why are we going in a Vashti? Her name means beautiful. She was beautiful. Yeah, so what <laughs> Esther? Um, okay. <laughs> you beauty wasn't enough? Beauty, huh? Are you saying beautiful wasn't enough? Because yes, I am saying that. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? So beauty wasn't enough for her because she, mm. she was beautiful, but she didn't know how to honor. She didn't walk in the foot of the spirit, gentleness and meekness and kindness and love. And all those things that make us beautiful as human beings. She didn't have that. Is that what you want to say? I know Benicia wanted to jump yeah, in. I want, I want let Benicia, Benicia go. I know she's full with this. <laughs> Bring it on, girl. When, um, when I was reading about Vashti and you said protocol, that was the first thing that I thought about. And I wrote, my, I wrote notes, too. So um, Vashti's action was a breach, actually, to mm. protocol. And I, re- I, I remember just thinking, you know, being the king, you're having a party, you want your wife to come, and she refuses. Number one, that's embarrassing, right? Mm-hmm. Not only embarrassing to your, for yourself, but everybody who's there. You're the king. And so what it showed me, number one, we know that men love respect. And so that, that wasn't respectful. And, and number two, um, it wasn't just about Vashti, you see, because she represented all the women. And so I think as women, when the way we carry ourselves, the way we respond to our spouses, our employers, whoever it may be, we have to remember that we're not doing it just for us. And that's one of the reasons why she lost her position. Mm. When the when the king asked, you know, for some wisdom on how he should handle it, um, they told him she can't she can't be that example for every other wife in the kingdom because they are going to follow suit. Right. So I think about when we go back to the protocol, even with following Christ. It's a, it's, it's a way that it should be done. And if we don't follow that protocol, there's consequences to every decision and every action um, that, that we do. And so I think sometimes, you know, and, and thank God for his grace, because there are so many things that I've, I've, I've done or encountered that if it wasn't for his grace, I wouldn't be sitting here. But the more I built relationship with him, the more that I recognize that, it doesn't all disobedience. You you don't always know what's on the other side of disobedience. Some people have been disobedient and and, and it took their life. And so mm-hmm. God is getting us in a place where when He says be obedient, that we need to be obedient because from that one act she was banished. No longer the no longer the queen. She didn't have her position. No longer. Period. <laughs> gone. Like gone. And so I think, you know, um, when you really read it like that and when you really understand that the decisions and the choices that I make um, 
are either a blessing or a consequence, you know, that's attached to it. And so protocol is so important in recognizing your position, especially when you're in a marriage and lead, you know, Leah teaches us that all the time is that you are representing your one. So she that you she was representing the king and the kingdom, and it's not that she couldn't have talked to him about it later because there's things that are going to happen in everybody's relationship. But to be able to still do what you're called to do, and then pray and ask God, okay, when to address this instead of just flat out, you know, not following protocol and not going. So I thought that was real powerful. I think for me, um, you know, as they mentioned, his kingdom was so large, right? So mm-hmm. it, it, if we think about that timing, right, um, there's a good chance that their understanding of the world was really his kingdom mm-hmm. or, or close to it. So, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the Americas weren't, you know, discovered or that was their world, right? And so mm-hmm. the king, that, he basically was the king of the world. And so when we think about that, right, um, and, and the, she was the queen, right, so she was the counterpart, how quickly her title was taken away from her. Mm-hmm. And just like that, a lot of times if we praise the wrong thing or if we go and, and we walk in disobedience or yeah. delay obedience, we know is disobedience, easy, just as easy as she had it, the next day, done. Gone, yeah. And so that's, and, and to me, when I think about, you know, our king, we think about the Lord, mm. he, he is not interested in, oh, you know, the out, you know, the outward beauty. He's not necessarily right. in that. He's interested in what do you have in your heart? How are yes. you, how are you showing up? How mm. are you representing my kingdom? Jesus. Okay, how are you representing the kingdom of heaven? I don't mm. care if, you, if you're the queen today, guess what? I could take that away. The mm-hmm. same way I can give it, the same way I can take it away. And so Absolutely. we have to be really aware and and walk in a posture of gratitude, mm-hmm. walk in a posture of of understanding that this is a gift. Every single opportunity I have is a gift. And I think going back to Esther, mm-hmm. to me, that that makes sense on how she was able to go into the king's chambers and not take anything back because she mm-hmm. realized the gift. Not only was she walking in obedience, but I think she really understood the gift in everything that she was walking in. Mm. The gift was more so in what she was experiencing and not in the tangible. And that's really what won the heart of the king because he, as a king, was probably so used to people nickel and diming him, trying to get the best and the most out of him, out of Mm. the tangible stuff. But he was like, oh, wait, she she cares about me. She cares about what was, you know, really understanding who I am. And so... Um, Vashti is just a true symbol of it is not all about how you look it's not about the shoes you wear it's not about just as quickly as you're up you can come right back down mm. that attitude was hard. Hey, yeah. um, mm. <laughs> Amia one moment I'm sorry what I wanted to say real quick is it's funny you said Jamira made me think of how Esther was offered half the kingdom. I don't know if y'all noticed, but in the chapters like um, eight, nine, and ten, when all the war was happening and everyone was getting killed, it said that they took no plunder. The same way that she did not take, you know, from him, the Jews themselves they killed and they didn't take anything with them. They just like that's what came to me when she when you said that. But I wanted to um and and we're still on Vashti. I wanted to say this, 
Um, when I when I thought about Vashti, I thought about what Jesus was saying in Matthew five thirteen. This is mm -hmm. the easy version. He says, "You are like salt for all people to taste mm. and use. Salt mm. is good, but if it is, but if it is not salty anymore, you cannot make it salty again. People mm. can no longer use it for anything. They just throw it away and mm. they walk on it. Mm. And I thought that was the perfect scripture." to talk about Vashti. You mm. know, um, in those days, it was, as, as the queen, it, you were to be showed off. You were mm -hmm. to be used in that manner, to be brought in front and for everyone to just take delight in the beauty of the king's queen, you know? And for mm -hmm. her to just decide that today, I don't feel like it, so I'm not going. Which, how many women in this day and age feel like they have the right, you know, this mm -hmm. feminist thing that's happening in the world, like, yeah. Like when you take your rightful place, rightful place, when mm -hmm. you are in your lane and when you play the part, favor, like you yeah. said, Apostle Leoline, mm -hmm. honor and then favor, right? And the yeah. Bible talks about that anyway. And so um, I thought that was so amazing. Um, yes, go ahead and share your take on Vashti and then we're going to bring it back to the virtuous woman and kind of like how wrap it all up. What I think about actually how this relates to today. Okay, so with um, Vashti, I think Jamara said something very mm -hmm. key that a lot of times when we're in positions, just as quick as she was in a position, mm -hmm. she left. What we don't realize is that what comes along with the position is also a standard. Mm -hmm. So standard comes with position. Yeah. And when you're put in a position like that, mm -hmm. you have to be a model because mm -hmm. you set the standard for everyone that's up under you. That's so right. what they what they were thinking the same thing Benicia said is that if they see this, then what we gonna have on our hands? But here's the thing: when I thought about the position that Vashti was in, it made me think about also the position that Haman was in, mm -hmm. and how he gloated in his position, just mm -hmm. the same way as she was full of herself in her position, mm -hmm. and the same gallows that he set up for Mordecai at the end. They were prepared for him and all 10 of his sons. So, you know, when we're in positions, a lot of times we don't think of that. You know, we don't think the fact that there's somebody else like what the, what the Lord told the, um, the prophet, um, what was it, Elijah, that I have, what, 700 ain't bowed a bell yet. Mm -hmm. Basically, it ain't just you. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. And that's as soon as you got in the spot, God could, and, and you don't do right in that position, God could already be grooming somebody to put mm -hmm. you in that, you know, to put in that same position to show you how it's supposed to be done, you mm -hmm. know? And mm -hmm. even with protocol, she broke protocol, you mm -hmm. know, but it's more than just breaking her being in the position of being a queen. It's not like, oh, I cheated on a test or I did something in the, in the, in the company. We know, we know back in those days when, when, when King make a decree or when they summon someone, we know that it's like do or die. Mm -hmm. So that was that respect level for her not showing up that you know like you said it just kind of minimized her respect for him so you have people looking around saying if your wife treats you like that or if your wife don't you know give you that respect that honor can you mm -hmm. imagine he had to take authority sometimes when you read it I've heard people say they thought maybe he was a little harsh you know by mm -hmm. the way he was just like oh that's it but because of who he was he had to do it that way he had he had 
to be that strict and that stern with her to say like, no, you don't, you, you don't ever come before me again. He had to do it that way because mm -hmm. of him. And the king carries a standard. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it, it kind of goes back, you know, with each other. She was held at a certain standard, but he was too. So he had to be as stern as he was with her. Um, in that note and so that was one of the things that stuck out too you know we get in positions and sometimes we gloat in them and we don't think that you know we think that we're irreplaceable you know and she's proof God put in God Vashti wasn't in a position God put someone else there who was Hadessa who was Esther and once he put her there he showed the way it was supposed to be done and this woman walked this walk out so godly so righteous she had character i mean everything mm -hmm. that she did she did it with the spirit of god and because of that god not only did what it is that he did through her but he used the people you know he used her to save her people and so that's very important it reminds me so much of jesus you know mm -hmm. even though i know it's so too different but it reminds me so much mm -hmm. of jesus it does the sacrificial you know so yeah yeah. I think it's important too, um, as we all have been saying, that not to make it about us, mm -hmm. you know, because the, the purpose of God will be fulfilled. He mm -hmm. may not use you or not if we're not obedient, but his purpose is going to go on. And yes, like you all said, we are re replaceable. You know, God has a, had a plan for his people. He wanted them delivered and he mm -hmm. wanted someone to rise up that will say yes to the charge so that he can use them to do that. And so again, when we make it about us, then we run about what we're feeling and what people think about us and what they're going to say. But when you make it about God, then you don't worry about those things, right? You don't mm. worry about those things. And so um, Esther came in and when and Esther came in, God's like, okay, I have a person now that I can rely on. I can trust. I can depend on. She's got the right character. She's got the right heart. And now I can use her to bring deliverance to my people. If we are disobedient, if we're rebellious, if we can't follow instructions, if we don't want to do what God says, then he can't trust us. He can't use us in those positions because we're not going to do what he says. So as a daughter of Christ, I have to say, God, what are you saying to me? It's not about how I feel and none of that stuff. But really, it's what God is saying. What do you want to do in and through me? Because at the end of the day, he will fulfill his purpose with or without us. But we choose to allow him to fulfill his purpose in the earth through us. So we have to avail ourselves to him. Whatever you say, Lord will do. And I think that's the heart that Esther had. Whatever you say, do. You know, so bless God for that. And now we had the whole nation of um, Israel in that city being delivered because she was obedient to her mentors all the way through. So obedience is key. That's, um, that's powerful. So we know obedience is key. You can't go off of how you feel. Mm -hmm. um, protocol is is powerful um, and just to piggyback or to go back to the virtuous woman um, I was looking in my King James Bible and um, it, 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 the virtuous woman after um, the mother was talking to the son about who he was um, is broken down into three sections with a title of who she is and it says the virtuous woman cares for her family Mm -hmm. The virtuous woman, woman helps the needy and she speaks wisdom, you know, and I think that Esther embodied the, all of that. Um, and what I also thought was very, very good is that um, I don't, I think it was Mia who was speaking, who mentioned, um, you know, how 
um, Vashti carried herself, you know, all the women would follow. And then really everyone was watching. I think it was you, Benisha. Every, she did this in front of everyone, right? Now her husband, the king's reputation was on the line. And I think in um, Proverbs 31, it actually talks about how the way the, the wife, that woman carries herself is how he is respected, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was too much on the line with Vashti. You know, he, he would have lost his respect, his honor as a king because of how she decided to carry herself. And so he, um, he met with those in his, he appointed to help him make decisions. You know, so he was also wise. He didn't go off of how he felt, but he brought in wise counsel and they sat down and they, so it, that also speaks a lot about that man, right? Mm -hmm. That he brought in wise counsel and he decided, okay, he also followed protocol for the kingdom. Right. And then he he met with these men and they decided, no, we can't have her because what happened, how they ended that whole deal with Vashti is the same thing God did in the beginning with Eve. You know that you would be under your husband. And that's what they wrote in the decree that every woman now in each household has to allow her husband to be the one in charge. Um, so I, I mentioned that. And then also I just wanted to talk about how and i i, I want to bring it to today um and even this this highlighting on what's going on with brown lives right i was going to go toward the covid but i'm gonna stay off that and i'm gonna talk about this um is i thought it was this was a perfect example of how uh, mordecai and esther decided to fight the fight to get um to have justice served right mm -hmm. there was someone in position in high position to influence the decision maker. And then there was someone outside to give her information about what was happening to guide her to, to, to um, speak to the king and, and give, tell him his desire. But what they did not do was fight, right? They moved from a higher position. So what I wrote down was, it makes me think of today with a highlight of the attack on the lives of blacks and browns. Mordecai recognized his own in power. He communicated with her. Her obedience and boldness gave her access and they, Mordecai and Esther, did not fight. They were strategic in bringing change. And I think that is a perfect example of how we bring change is being strategic, not trying to make an uproar, not trying to ruin what, what's going on like physically, but how can we make change and let's do that and let's be strategic about it. So um, I'm going to give you give some words on how I saw Esther as a virtuous woman. And then any last words you ladies have for the women watching, whether it comes to being in relationship, how women are supposed to carry themselves with men, um, you know, order, protocol, um, training process, all of that. Feel free to share. But when I saw Esther, I saw a woman that was wise, that was discerning, that was disciplined, that was considerate, that was kind. She was compassionate, bold, joyful, confident, and her confidence didn't come by opening up her mouth and talking about it. It was how she carried herself. She was living the confidence. She wasn't speaking it. And then she was hardworking and excellent. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw it to Benicia. Um, so one, one thing that I, I want to say that I thought was um, awesome that I, I researched was it said God placed Esther on the throne even before the Jews faced destruction. 
So someone would already be in place. And so when I think about Esther, you know, I think about her being chosen from the very foundation of the world for that, um, for a time such as that. She didn't know it at the time, but through a series of events and her obedience, she was placed exactly where God called her to be. And so um, when I think about Esther, I think about someone who's well poised. Um, you know, under pressure, she was poised and she did what we all should do. Um, she, she went to God, she prayed, you know? And um, so she was someone who knew that she could not uh, navigate on her own wisdom, that she needed um, a, an, an additional, um, I don't want to say additional strength, but she needed God in order to be able to pursue and conquer what he was calling her to do. And she was willing to sacrifice. When you fast, you sacrifice. You turn your plate over. She was willing to sacrifice her very life. And I think that if I could say anything, that she lived a sacrificial life. And I feel like I owe God that or we owe, mm -hmm. oh God, that, that I want to do whatever I can, if it makes us uncomfortable, whatever the case may be, that we owe him that um, because of all that he's done for us. And we could never make him, but as we live a sacrificial life, um, I believe that's how we walk in our callings, you know, and that's how we love the way that Christ loved us. I mean, God gave his son and he sacrificed. So really, if I was summing up, I think she lived a life of sacrifice. She lived a life of obedience. She was well um, posed and she didn't allow her past to hinder her from who God had really called her to be. Okay, so what I wanted to say um, real quick after that for everyone that's watching is the difference between you and someone like Esther is that you have God in you, mm -hmm. right? So that that you want to remember that as you move and as you you have the wisdom of God in you, you have knowledge and understanding and eternity has been set in your heart because the Holy Spirit now resides in you as a believer. And so remember that it doesn't have to be that hard once you surrender. You yeah. be led by the Spirit of God. You therefore are a son of God. And from there going forward, you, you just trust that the Holy Spirit is moving in you. How do you know the fruit of the Spirit? You know, so go to Galatians 5 and read that. And that's how you know you are being led by the Spirit of God. You're making the right decisions. You're doing good. And, and, mm -hmm. and you do it for the, for the glory of God. There's nothing mm -hmm. else you have to do. Just obey. God said, if you love me, follow my commandments. That's mm -hmm. it. Okay. Amen. Okay, so um, yeah, just to sum it up, um, with Esther overall, I um, so a woman of integrity, a very obedient woman, and she's a woman that um knew what she was commissioned to do, and made sure she carried it out. I love the fact that she um had stick with it power that even when it came mm -hmm. like when the rubber got ready to old, you know, this lady still did, and you know, she didn't crumble, she still went forth because she understood, like Benicia said, that the place and the position she was in, God had truly put her there for such a time as this, and you know, it reminds me, it's like, I'm not a mom, but it reminds me of when 
I was a little girl and I went trick or treat and with my mom and we got ready to um, go to a door. We got ready to go to a person's door and it was me and my nephew and the people had a dog there and we're scared of dogs, dogs, but they had a dog there that came to the door. And as soon as we knocked on the door, the dog rushed to the door. And the first thing mm -hmm. my mom did was step in front of all of us. Mm -hmm. She stepped in front of us. And when she stepped in front of us, we knew the dog was so vicious. He was going to bite her, but she was just like, you know, before I let him bite you all, I'll take that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that it reminded me of, of Esther, you know, before mm -hmm. I allow my people to perish, I'll go before them, you know, and I'll perish with them or I'll perish or, you know, on their behalf. She knew what it is mm -hmm. and she fulfilled a call. It's the same thing as Jesus when he was in the garden of Gethsemane and he said, if it's your will, I bear this cup. He said, well, take this bit of cup away from me. He knew that the father had had commissioned him to come and he knew his purpose and he did it. Like the Bible said, he could have called a legion of angels down because he was, he was Christ. He was the son of God, but he didn't. He fulfilled the commission. And just like Esther did, the Lord made sure on three days he got up again and the Lord made sure that she didn't perish, nor did her people perish. It's so important in this hour that's just, that goes that goes for as modern day us being disciples of Christ that you know we stay in it for the long haul that regardless of how tough it gets you know we deem things when it gets tough we be like oh it ain't God it's time to give up and everything that's not what it is like Mordecai told her how do you know God did not put you in this position for for such a time as this you know and that goes that goes the same thing with us sometimes God put us in positions it's hard, it's tough, but it's purpose, you know, yes. and we have to walk this thing out. You know, we have to be the salt of the earth. We can't lose our flavor. We can't compromise. We have to go forth and do what it is that God has called us to do. And so I, I, I admire that about her. And she was young. And then it reminds me of even now regardless of what background we come from, regardless of who we have, who our parents are, what God has for you is for you. He took her from the backside of the mountain, put mm -hmm. her in the palace, gave her favor throughout the whole entire process. Even gave yeah. her favor when she came before the king, knowing that if you came before the king without without him summoning you, you could die. This, the Lord made sure that this woman had favor throughout her whole time there. And because of that, he honored who she was, the relationship that she had mm -hmm. with him. And for that, her people didn't perish and she didn't either. So, you know, yeah. that's that's my whole summary. For me, yeah. I was encouraged by the book because it lets you know that God is always at work. You know, as we know, God was never mentioned at all in this book. Mm -hmm. But the promise of God, I hear an amen. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. He is going to fulfill his word. He promised them in Deuteronomy 31 that you guys are going to be in captivity but I'm gonna bring you out and he did and it lets me know that God is always at work behind the scenes and we are called to bring God into every situation when Esther showed up with her character with her knowing God he said okay now it can work so mm -hmm. wherever we are God has said I want to use you to bring me to, to the situation and that's what she did she brought the dimension of God and God said now I can use you because you have the right heart the right attitude the right posture and you recognize your calling for such a time as this. And that's for all of us, all of those who are listening listen to us. You are called for such a time as this. Wherever, whatever God called you to, it's time to pick up the reins and do it. 
you are called for such a time as this, not for tomorrow, but for right now. And you, you already have it in you. Whatever God is calling you to do, he's already equipped you and I to do it. So go forth and fulfill the plans of God that he has for your life. Those plans were there before you were formed in your mother's womb. So we encourage you, don't go without doing what God says. Stop, seek him. What do you want me to do? And do it. Get yourself a mentor. Begin to honor. Begin to honor. Honor those that the Lord put over you to bring you to the place that you need to be. Mentor is important. She had a mentor. And because she listened and followed the instructions of mentor all the way through, she was able to fulfill the call of God in her life. So you can't do it alone. So connect people mm -hmm. connect with someone who's going God's way who can speak life into you into what God called you to so you can fulfill the plans of God in the earth God's got purpose for you go forth and do what God called you to do hear what he says and do it amen amen so before we close out um we strongly believe that there are there's someone or somebody's on that's listening to this that hasn't accepted the Lord in their life um, or is coming back to the Lord. So we do believe that if you receive the Lord in your heart, then you are born again. And so it would be my honor and privilege to lead you in that prayer right now. You might be second guessing yourself. You might be wondering if you're even worthy. But if there's anything that you may have learned from the conversation today, is that we're all called. We are all worthy. We are all his children. And even if you do it scared or you do it not knowing what's next, do it anyway. And the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you will show you the way. So, Father God, we thank you. We thank you. And we know that we are sinners, yet you love us. We believe that Jesus died on the cross to redeem us of our sins. We believe that he lives in us and that because of his sacrifices, we are here today to live and to accept. So today I accept a new beginning. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I'm here to do a service for the rest of my life walking in as a child of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we believe that if you prayed that in your heart and you believe that, then you are born again. And we honor you and we welcome you as a fellow sister or brother to the kingdom of God. I have to say that was the first time I've ever led that salvation prayer. And Amen. it is absolutely an honor to have been able to do that. Mm -hmm. so, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We just give you glory and honor and praise God. You are so worthy. You are so amazing. You are so intentional. You are so strategic. Father God, you deserve all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, all the power belongs to you, God. And we give you glory, Jesus. I thank you for watching. I thank you for every person tonight, Lord God. I thank you for those that are watching later, Father God, and I thank you for the souls that have entered into the kingdom of God.
God, Lord. Yes, God. Thank, thank you for covering them, God. We thank you for leading them, God. We thank you for setting up a perfect situation for them, sending in mentors, sending in friends, just a new beginning in their lives, God, that you may get the glory, God, that they may testify, Father God. And we thank you for the wisdom you poured out on tonight, Lord Jesus. We just honor you and we are cheerful. We're joyful. We're excited. We're happy. And we are just humbled, Lord God, that you would choose us for such a time as this so um it's in jesus name i pray i thank everyone for watching we will be back not next friday but the friday after that and um i'm just excited for what god is doing feel free to reach out to us um if you have any questions um reach out to us on god's anchor leg or on everyone's individual page if y'all okay with that um we have benicia wyatt myself diovaris lopez Leolene Hines, Jamira Ortiz, and Mia Cohen. We love you, and we yes. will see you next time. Bye.